The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand? Welcome to From the Bleachers on the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. It feels like it's been forever since I got a chance to say that. Now, since we're in the off-season, I'm off my weekly schedule. i uh, just going to try to get some interviews in. Uh, I've talked to some fans who've reached out to me about potentially coming on the show. If I have yet to respond to you, do not worry. I've been extremely busy with my 9 to 5 job as well as a bunch of freelance opportunities I have going on, but I did not forget you. I will respond to you soon. Now, the last time we chatted, I spoke to Dan Campbell, Soupy from the Philadelphia area pop punk band, The One Years. Had a great time. Maybe the best podcast I've ever done. It was great. It was the first time I've ever really interviewed someone one-on-one in a setting like that. And it's something I like to do more. So again, if you're someone who wants to come on the podcast in the future, shoot me an email, SeamusJClancy at gmail.com. If you know someone who might be interested in coming on the podcast, if they have some level of notoriety and fame, I'm not saying they need to be a super duper movie star, but if there's someone in the Philly area music scene that I might know of who's a big Eagles fan, uh, someone along those lines, someone who might know some Eagles players or someone in the front office or coaching staff, well, hit me up. Let's just do some fun stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot of serious talk this offseason about the NFL draft, free agency, and while I will talk about those things, not necessarily in as depth as, you know, the main BGN show between Jimmy and our fearless leader, Brandon Lee Gatlin, or the absolute analytical beast that are Michael Kist and Benjamin Solak, But I will do my part here. I will try to take these angles with some humor. I will talk about the draft, free agency. I will get overly excited about things. I will get overly pessimistic about things. As you guys are well aware, I'm excited for all of that. But this week, it's the Super Bowl. And we have a familiar face in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs, now their head coach. I'm recording this podcast in my apartment at 11th and Jackson. In the wonderful South Philadelphia, just a couple blocks from the infamous Big Trolley Saloon, the gigantic cheese bar that sits in the heart of South Philly for some reason. It's been like that for decades and decades. It's pretty weird to me, but, you know, do what you want to do. No comment from me about having a bar like that close to my apartment, but it is what it is. There's been a lot of chatter about Reed in Philadelphia, understandably, uh, over the last couple of weeks, given that 
The Eagles have been out of the postseason after losing to the Seahawks a couple of weeks back. Andy Reid has been such a lightning rod in Philadelphia and to a degree a controversial figure that it's only natural when the biggest sporting event of the year is coming up that people are amped to talk about Reid, his, accomplish- his accomplishments in Kansas City, as well as what he did and maybe more importantly did not do in Philadelphia. And I've seen some talk about that Eagles fans need, need to root for Andy Reid. Now, I don't really care about other teams around the league. You know that I'm the type of guy who says, you know, a running joke I have is, you know, Phillies fans are like, I lo- the only things I care about are the Phillies and Mike Trout. And maybe basketball fans say, all I care about is the Sixers and, you know, LeBron James or whoever your favorite non-Sixers player is. And what I always say as an Eagles fan is that I care about the Eagles and I wish death upon every other fan base. It's kind of similar to me. I never really have big rooting interest. There's some guys in the league I really like. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Russell Wilson, unfortunately, given all the success he's had against the Eagles over the years. Uh, Lamar Jackson is absolutely electric. I love watching him play uh, and have long been a fan of Aaron Rodgers, who was probably my favorite non-Eagle for, you know, close to a decade in the NFL. But Big Reed, that's a person people want to root for, and I get it. But the idea that it's Philadelphia's duty, it's Eagles fans' duty to root for him just seems misplaced. If you don't love Andy Reed, I'm, I like Andy Reed. And this is something I talked about with Donna McNabb last week in my subscription newsletter. If you guys want to hear some Sixers, Eagles, and pop culture talk, you can subscribe. Check it out, patreon.com, Seamus underscore Clancy. If you like the podcast, if you like the stuff I say on Twitter, all the nonsense that I tweet, you'll probably really enjoy the newsletter. But in talking about the McNabb versus T.O. feud, I think T.O. is ultimately in the right. But if it was not for McNabb and the success of the Eagles at the turn of the century, I would not be the crazy, obnoxious, insane, balls to the wall, insane, crazy person I am about the Eagles. If it was not for Donovan McNabb and if it was not for Andy Reid and that success at such a young age, just as a reference point, I'm... 25 going on 26, was born in 1994, and the first real memory of the Eagles I have is that 2001 season, the first time they won uh, the NFC East since I believe 1988, 13 years. Yep, that sounds about right to me. And that's because of Reed and his innovative West Coast offense that he brought to Philadelphia from Mike Holmgren in Green Bay, as well as the fact that the Eagles drafted Don McNabb with a second overall pick in the 1999 NFL Draft. But even though those two guys were instrumental in fostering my love and obsession with the Philadelphia Eagles, they both have huge warts. Because of that, I don't need to root for Andy Reid. I can respect Andy Reid. I can understand the importance he had in Philadelphia, the way you could play the whole butterfly effect game with him. But I don't need to root for Andy Reid. I don't need to root for anyone, particularly someone who's not in midnight green. Andy Reid ain't here anymore. It's Doug Peterson's team. Doug Peterson is a better coach than Andy Reid. He won a Super Bowl in his second season with a backup quarterback. I don't see Andy Reid doing that. He has the best quarterback in the planet in Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he's had success over the years with quarterbacks. Obviously, he made Alex Smith look into a pro Bowl player. You know, he had guys like A.J. Feely and Corey Detmer have success and filling in for Donna McNabb early in his tenure in Philadelphia. I don't need to root for anyone. I don't need to root for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't need to root for Jack Crap. I'm an Eagles fan. I root for the Eagles. I don't need to root for anyone. I don't have a rooting interest in this game. I kind of want neither team to win. Just It's just the way I am. Andy Reid, there's this talk I saw and some of the WIP guys, 
uh, some polls I saw on Twitter. You know, I like I love listening to WIP, and I'm friendly with a lot of people still over there. But the talk that who's the most important person in Eagles history was like Andy Reid or Joe Banner. And I'm just like, what? What? How is he the most important person? I get if you're playing, as I referenced briefly, the butterfly effect game where, hey, if Andy Reid doesn't come to Philadelphia, that means he doesn't bring Doug Peterson with him to be his, you know, interim starting quarterback while grooming Donovan McNabb. And if it weren't for Reid grooming McNabb, the team wouldn't have had success of all those years. And then it leads to Chip Kelly coming here and then eventually the Eagles bringing Peterson back into the fold after he had success with Reed and Kansas City as an offensive coordinator. And this all sounds confusing. This is about as convoluted as a 1990s X-Men crossover storyline from Marvel Comics. But it's true. All these different things that play together. And if Reed doesn't get fired, they don't hire Chip Kelly. And if Chip Kelly doesn't come here and have success in his first year in 2013 with Nick Foles, then Doug Peterson in 2017 doesn't pick up on some of those RPO options and looks that Foles had success with and incorporate them into the Eagles offense in 2017 and into the 2018 playoff run with Nick Foles again. Is that a bunch of mumbo jumbo? Yeah. And that's why it's kind of nonsensical to go through all these things about who's the most important person in Eagles history of people who were not affecting the 2017-2018 Eagles and their Super Bowl victory. Yes, Andy Reid played a gigantic part in Eagles history. He's a huge figure, both, you know, metaphorically and literally a huge figure. Uh, but at the same time, you can't say Andy Reid's the most important player person in Eagles history. It's Doug Peterson, right? Maybe it's, you want to say Jeffrey Lurie, I'll say that. The, the one joke I always make about Jeffrey Lurie is that the day he bought the Eagles was the second most important thing that happened on that day, the first being that I was born. Uh, but if you want to say Lurie, I get that. He changed the culture here after, you know, Norman Brahman and all the terrible owners that preceded him in Philadelphia, cheapos, scumbags, whatever you want to say. Reed was not here when they won the Super Bowl. To say that anyone not involved with the Eagles organization during the 2017 season is the most important person in franchise history is crazy to me. It's Doug Peterson. It's Jeffrey Lurie. Hell, if you want to say Nick Foles, go right ahead. But you could play that butterfly effect game even further. Well, if Andy Reid is the most important coach in Eagles history, then is like Ray Rhodes actually the most important person in Eagles history? Because if he doesn't get fired at that point in time, then maybe in the future, the Eagles can't hire Andy Reid. We're getting on to all these X-Men days of future past crazy crap. And well, if Ray Rhodes didn't get hired, if not for Rich Cote getting fired, if not for Buddy Ryan's defense, if not for the Eagles hiring Dick Vermeil from UCLA, if not for the NFL starting the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets franchise. We can go on and on with this nonsense. Let's stop looking back and look at the present. Look what happened now with the Eagles organization and look what happened during the most important season in the history of professional sports in Philadelphia. The 2017 Eagles to say anyone not a part of that organization that you're not part of the team, the roster, the coaching staff, the front office, ownership, business out of the game to say any of those people are not the most important person in Eagles history is insane to me. It's Doug Peterson. It's Jeffrey Lurie. It can be Nick Foles if you want. Nick Foles is actually probably a better figure for me in my assessment of who the most important player is in Eagles history because he's the connective thread between all three you know, head coaches for the majority of my life in Philadelphia. He played under Andy Reid as a rookie in 2012, picked up some concepts and learned the game from Andy Reid and Marty Morningweg and even Doug Peterson, who was his quarterbacks coach at the time and then he had success with 2013 with Chip Kelly and his high octane offense running the RPO and it made him look like a superstar for a year 
And then, obviously, he comes back to Philadelphia in 2017 as a backup to franchise quarterback Carson Wentz. He is the connective tissue, more so than even Andy Reid because he's been here more frequently over these different eras and is actually the person or thing connecting them all together. And he was on the team, obviously, in 2017. And for two games, he looked like the best quarterback on the planet, best quarterback in the universe. He made throws in that Minnesota game to Torrey Smith, to Alshon Jeffrey. He made throws in the Super Bowl to Corey, to Alshon, to Zach, that I've never seen before or since be so perfect. He was an animal for like three weeks. He looked like, you know, 2007 Tom Brady throwing to Randy Moss. If you want to give credit to someone, give credit to Nick Foles, give credit to Doug Peterson. Give credit to Jeffrey Lurie. I don't have to root for Andy Reid. I like Andy Reid. And again, as I've said several times, I respect what he did in Philadelphia. I respect how influential of a figure he is, not just in my sports fandom, but ultimately in my life because my life is so connected to my Philadelphia sports fandom, particularly that of the Eagles. But I don't have to root for Reid. He's not a part of the Eagles organization anymore. Yeah, Andy, thanks for those years. Thanks for being a great figure in this organization you know, a touchstone part of this city from 1999 to 2012. But you're gone. But in Kansas City, what? Like, I'm supposed to root for Tyreek Hill and all the baggage he brings off the field from college to breaking his son's arm, all the domestic violence charges, and he Andy Reid rewards him with a three-year, $54 million contract extension. I'm supposed to root for Tyreek Hill. And yeah, there are bad eggs on almost every NFL roster, but none as prominent in my mind as... Tyreek Hill, maybe Adrian Peterson and that whole switch debacle from the 2014 season is up there for me or for you or, you know, there are other instances that you're thinking of, Ray Rice. But Tyreek Hill, so clearly and so defiantly, has no repercussions for his actions. I'm not rooting for Tyreek Hill. I love Patrick Mahomes and I obviously love Jason Kelsey and he certainly wants his brother Travis in Kansas City to have a ton of success and win a Super Bowl. And I'm sure the whole Kelsey family is, you know, super amped about that. I don't need to root for Andy Reid when he has someone trash like Tyreek Hill out there, such a prominent part of his team. Tyreek Hill, speed demon, obviously a fantastic, fantastic player, but far from a fantastic person. I don't really want to root for him. And in turn, I don't really care about Reid. But the flip side, I don't really care about the 49ers either. I'm not rooting for Kyle Shanahan. Uh, There is part of me that would think it's hilarious if Andy Reid gets back to the Super Bowl again for the first time since 2004, when he was with the Eagles, where they lost to the Patriots, as you all know, Super Bowl 39. But I don't like, as I was saying, there's something I like about uh, Doug winning in his second year with Andy never making it in this enti- winning it in his entire, you know, two decade coaching career. I think that's kind of hilarious uh, and some sh- definitely shade and fraud on my part. But at the same time, uh, as if you guys follow me on Twitter, if you heard some other podcasts from me, if you're a loyal listener to From the Bleachers. That's weird to say. Imagine someone being a loyal listener to this podcast. And I know there are people out there. If you are, shoot me a tweet. Let's talk. Let's just shoot the breeze. Talk about the birds. Anyway, if you're familiar with all that and you're familiar with my bits and my brands, you know that I hate Sean McVay and I hate the way that people compare these up-and-coming coaches all to Sean McVay when Doug Peterson is the standard for a fresh head coach, an offensively innovative head coach. Last time I checked, I've made this argument a lot on Twitter and people say, well, that's your only argument. Well, this argument I'm about to throw out there is the only argument I need. 
in the Super Bowl last year, Sean McVay scored three points against Bill Belichick's New England Patriots defense. The previous year, in the Super Bowl, Doug Peterson dropped a whopping 41 points on them with a backup quarterback who had it wasn't two months prior, two, three months prior to that, was riding the pine. That's the offensive master. That's the offensive innovator. And that brings me to the San Francisco 49ers head coach, Kyle Shanahan. Now, is Kyle Shanahan a good coach? Absolutely. Do I want Kyle Shanahan to win the Super Bowl? And then everyone's saying, let's find the next Kyle Shanahan. Let's find the next Kyle Shanahan. McVay's over. It's Kyle Shanahan's time. He's the young, fresh head coach, the offensive master with his, you know, Ravuka outfits that he wears. Like he just shopped at Sun for the first time where he lives there or goes to Zumanis or Journeys at the Cherry Hill Mall. But I want Doug to have that category. He's like, this is the new guy. This is the guy who's changing things. He's being so aggressive offensively, going put on fourth down, uh, and just trying to like throw the ball down the field, be a master, be awesome. So that's why I like I don't want Kyle Shanahan to win. I want everyone to still praise Doug. I, I think I have more invested in Doug's legacy and success than potentially any other person in the history of Philadelphia sports. I, I love Doug. Doug is my guy forever and ever. We'll go to bat for him any chance I get. So I don't want Kyle Shanahan to win. I don't want Andy Reid to win either. I don't want either of them to win. If it's up to Donald McNabb, maybe the Super Bowl could end in a tie. But if Reid wins, Doug won before him. And if Doug had never won here, if the Eagles had never won the Super Bowl, to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl outside of Philadelphia before Philadelphia ever wins one, now that would be a disastrous scenario. That would be one where I'm vehemently rooting against Andy. But since the Eagles already won, as we all know, in 2017 under Doug, it's not as pertinent to me to root against Andy, but at the same time, I don't feel this need, this obligation to root for Andy. He is not the most important figure in Eagles history. He employs one of the most disgusting players in the NFL. I don't want to root for Tyree Kill, and in turn, I don't really want to root for Andy Reid. I don't want to root for any of these guys. You guys want to root for? Who are you guys rooting for? Shoot me a tweet at Seamus underscore Clancy. Let me know what your feelings are. Are you anti-Shanahan because you don't want the comparisons to McVay and Peterson? How do you feel about Reed? Do you think he's even the most important person in Eagles history? Do you think it's Doug? Do you think it's Lori? Do you think it's potentially Nick? Let me know. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I have a confession to make. It's changed me. The Eagles winning the Super Bowl has obviously changed me a lot. And, you know, most of the denizens of the city of Philadelphia can say the same. And it's obviously affected every facet of my life, my mood, 
you know, my relationship status, where I live now, all these amazing things. Changed my life in so many, so many ways. But one way I think it might be unique, and I haven't really seen anyone say this, maybe for fear of repercussions or, you know, backlash, not in a serious way, just, you know, in general sports discussion, is that, you know, my entire life, I love the NFL players. I, I love the NFL, and I, I certainly do still. Uh, there's nothing like watching an Eagles 1 o'clock game, coming home from the tailgate, from being at the game, or if it's a road game, just flipping the channel and watching a fantastic 4 o'clock action, maybe a nice West Coast game, and then chilling, you know, eating some leftover wings or pizza, watching the Sunday night game uh, between two great teams, a marquee matchup, and then kind of drifting off to sleep at halftime. Really a fantastic, perfect Sunday. I love Thursday night. I love the beginning of the Eagles of the NFL season. Uh, this Thursday night week one game is just everything. And there's my favorite sports weekend of the year will always be wild card weekend. Those two Saturday games. I always hang out with my buddy Joe Anzer, you know, go over to his house, drink some beers, some alcoholic seltzers, order some food, have a nice time. And I've done that for years and years. And I still did it this past year, but it's because the Eagles were still in the playoffs. And I have a confession to make. After the Eagles got knocked out in the divisional round last year, uh, they played on Sunday afternoon, I want to say. After they got knocked out, I didn't watch an NFL playoff game after that. I watched neither of the conference championship games last year. And I'm going to admit this. Uh, it's the first time I can ever remember not doing so. I didn't watch the Super Bowl last year. And it's because in my entire life before the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it, it just didn't affect me. I, I'm used to the Eagles not being in the Super Bowl. I'm used to them not winning. It's fine. I can enjoy the Super Bowl for what it is. This matchup of the two best teams in the NFL, essentially, going out it in the biggest stage on the biggest television, you know, night of the year or, you know, several year period, depending on what teams are playing. But I didn't care. I had watched the Eagles make the promised land to reach it. To see Doug Peterson, and Nick Foles, and all those players hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Where I'm now at the point that it kind of like sickens me that the Eagles aren't there. Maybe if the Eagles weren't in the playoffs, it'd be different. Because But last year we saw they got close. Alshon Jeffrey had that drop. And again, if you want to play the what-if game, you know, if Alshon doesn't drop that, the Eagles go down and score on that drive. I have total confidence they kicked the crap out of the Rams in L.A., and then they have a rematch with the Patriots. And for all we know, Nick could have lit it up again just as he did in 2017, 2018. So I couldn't watch that. I knew it was the Eagles' chance. The Eagles should have been there. They should have been there. I can't watch this other team. They, these other teams be in the Super Bowl. I've already tasted the sweet savoriness of a Super Bowl victory. I've sipped that champagne. I've popped those bottles. I can't watch another team do it anymore. It hurts. It hurts. And the same thing happened this year. I, Saturday, wildcard game. I hung out with my buddy Joe, had a fantastic day, went down and tailgated the next day for the Eagles game. And what happened? Carson Wentz got hurt in the, fourth, the first quarter on a dirty hit by Javon Clowney. Now I'm left thinking, what if? What if Wentz didn't get hurt? What if that hit didn't happen? Would the Eagles have won? Would they have gone on the road in Green Bay and won? Would they have played in the NFC Championship last week? Would they have gotten smacked like Green Bay? Or would they have put up a fight and potentially even won on the road? And I'm just left thinking, you know, what if, what if, what if with the birds now? I've already reached salvation. I've reached heaven in the football world that I can't go back to just being a bystander anymore. As long as the Eagles are in the playoff race, I can watch the other games. As long as the Eagles are doing well, I can watch other NFL games. But the Eagles are bad. The Eagles aren't in it. It's weirdly, like, painful for me to watch it. And I'm just kind of sick and thinking, oh. It should be us. It should be the birds. I should be at the game right now. I should be cheering my head off 
I should be slamming beers. I should be pouring them all over myself after a big touchdown. That should be us. That should be us. And, you know, I didn't watch the divisional round. Uh, I didn't watch the conference championship games. You know, I watched the Super Bowl from every year from the time I was, what, 24 years old to two or three, four years old up to 24. But I didn't watch the Super Bowl last year. And you know what? I might not watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. Might go out to the movies, see 1917, see some of these Oscar favorites. Might go read a book. Who knows? But I don't think I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Maybe that's weird and people say that's un-American, you're not a real sports fan. I don't really care because I know I love the Eagles so much that at times it prevents me from enjoying the NFL uh, from an objective perspective. I'm a subjective guy. I'm an emotional guy, as you all know, and I love the birds above all. And sometimes that love can interfere with the enjoyment of the simple things in life, like just relaxing, cracking open a cold one and watching the Super Bowl because I probably won't be doing that on Sunday. And maybe I'm weirdo for doing that. You can yell at me about that if you want. I love the birds. Birds all that matter. Andy Reid isn't important to me. Kyle Shanahan, I don't want you to win. I want Doug to be the guy forever. Go birds. Hopefully next year I'm watching the Super Bowl because the Eagles are in it. Carson Wentz is about to lead the Eagles to their second Super Bowl victory in franchise history. That's all I got to plug myself again. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can subscribe to my Patreon newsletter delivered into your inbox every Monday through Friday morning, just $2 per month, patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. If you love the birds, if you love the Sixers, if you love some of the genre fiction I'm in, Marvel movies, the MCU, you know, the outsider on HBO I've been talking about, those types of things, sign up. Try it for a month. If you don't like it, unsubscribe. Just try it out. That's it for me. I'm Seamus. Go birds. Hopefully, 12 months from now, I'm giving the most amped podcast of all time, getting ready for the birds in the Super Bowl. See ya. P-G-N.